1: And the collection is free of sulfates, parabens, dyes, and mineral oil. So experience something new and discover what's good with the Pantene Nutrient Blends Collection. Hi, everyone. I'm Katie Couric, here to let you know that my podcast, Next Question
0: with me, Katie Couric, is back for its second season. I'll be diving into some big issues like this country's devastating maternal mortality rate, the rise of astrology, and a little thing called the presidential election. Listen to Next Question. It comes out every Thursday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite shows.
2: Hey, this is Emily. And this is Bridget. And you're listening to Stuff Mom Never Told You. And today we're talking about the recent decision on behalf of the Boy Scouts of America to accept girls for the first time into their Cub Scout program in 2018. So this decision was announced this past October when the Boy Scouts of America said that for the first time in their nearly 100 year history here in the United States, they were going to be fully inclusive for girls joining the youngest ranks of their program. And this struck me immediately, like many people, as a cool progressive win. Right? Yeah, it
3: sounds very inclusive of them and very, you know, progressive and forward thinking.
2: Exactly. And the more we looked into this, the more drama there is behind this story, because that's not the full story. So today we're gonna break down potentially what motivated this decision specifically how the Girl Scouts of America have reacted to said decision and what this actually means for the boots on the ground when it comes to the kids who are the Scouts themselves and the parents who are really the ones who are running the program because this is based on you know troop-by-troop administration. So first, let's take a look back at the history of the Boy Scouts of America for a second. So this latest move on behalf of the Boy Scouts was... One of many transitions that they've made in this era of really declining membership, which is important to underscore. They used to be 5 million member Boy Scouts going strong. And now those numbers have really shrunk to about 2 million Boy Scouts nationwide. And you might recall that the Boy Scouts have had some scandal. As of late, back in 2010, uh, a sexual abuse scandal struck the Boy Scouts and really rocked their entire brand and their reputation. Back in 2010, a jury ordered that the Scouts pay $18.5 million in damages to a Scout who was abused in the 1980s. It became the largest punitive damages award to a single plaintiff in a child abuse case in the U.S. history.
3: Wow. Wow. So, you know, at first I thought that maybe the numbers were declining just because of shifting interests in young people. But, you know, I think that that really tarnished their brand and made it the kind of thing that people weren't super excited to get involved in the way that they were when I was growing up.
2: Yeah. And I think also there's something to be said about what you mentioned, though, the trend. Right. I think as millennials become parents, and become the majority of parents soon there's this marked shift and a search for new forms of community structures because communal groups and hobbies and infrastructure of your own you know community groups things like, that used to be really big like organized religion or clubs or sports they've been on the decline for a long time now so i think there's this interest in okay how do we appeal to a millennial parent in an era of overwhelm, quite frankly. I think that community involvement has gone down over the last few decades, and their brand was rocked by this. Totally, And that might be part of the reason why, in, back in 2013, the Boy Scouts of America said, okay, we have to make some changes. We have to show that we're inclusive, that we're safe, that we're supportive. So that's when the Boy Scouts of America first accepted gay Boy Scouts, which was a really big deal, That's when they changed their policy from, like, not at all being inclusive and being pretty hardcore, right-wing, super-affiliated with hard-right
3: Catholicism. That sounds great, but it also was sort of head-scratching that before 2013, they were making young boys pick a sexual orientation, and then that sexual orientation determined whether or not they could be involved in the Boy Scouts or not? Is basically, that how it worked? Well, it basically was, like, not friendly for gay folks,
2: period. I mean, if you think about it, this was, like, probably a year after Cheerios first had gay parents in their commercials. This is a different time. And thank God we've progressed rapidly on, you know, the mainstreaming of marriage equality, although I think we've discussed on a few episodes now how marriage equality is not enough and certainly isn't sufficient for equal protection under the law for our fellow gay Americans. But, you know, they've made some strides at Boy Scouts of America to try to modernize.
3: Yeah. Later in 2015, the Boy Scouts decided they were going to accept gay scout leaders. So they were accepting gay scouts and gay scout leaders at this point. That same year, the Girl Scouts accepted trans girls into the Girl Scouts ranks as well.
2: Right. And then it took until 2017 for the Boy Scouts to formally accept trans scouts. So it's kind of been interesting to watch who's going to be more inclusive and when and how. And when you're dealing with sexual orientation and the mainstreaming of sort of progressive inclusion policies with children's organizations. It was really interesting to see how these two institutions reacted.
3: Yeah, I find the whole thing kind of fascinating. You would think that sexual orientation, particularly the sexual orientation of an adult, would not really come into play in the scouts. It just is strange to me to think that that was a conversation you know, growing up doing dance and stuff, I didn't know if my dance teachers were gay or straight. And yeah, it just never it never came up. It was a non-issue. And so it's interesting to me that this was such a um, hot button thing that they needed to get a policy on. It seems like
2: well, there was a lot of homophobia
3: in the ranks, yeah.
2: It's not like there was a lot of sexual orientation talk in the ranks, but there was homophobia that conflated sexual abuse scandals with gay people. Do you
3: know what I'm saying? I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So, which is we know is totally mistaken. It's it's this this kind of like classic gay panic. Yeah, where if there's gay people around and there's kids in the mix, people sell that as if it's some sort of scandal. Like, oh, think about your children. Blah blah blah. Your children aren't safe. Everyone knows that's bunk. But the bathroom
2: bill stuff. Yeah, it's
3: it's a way of injecting this really toxic, based-out-of-nothing ideology into nothing, right? Well, it's
2: fear-mongering. It's homophobia, like 101.
3: It's so gross. It's so gross that I think it's even grosser that kids are involved because it normalizes that kind of toxic thing for kids at such an early age. Kids will grow up thinking it's okay to exclude someone because they're gay or because they're trans if they are getting that message from social organizations that they're a part of.
2: Yeah, so I think that was part of the decision, was a marked shift From a more conservative, hardline ideology that really has been at the root of the Boy Scouts of America since its founding in our country, to post-scandal, post-2013, saying we need to adapt because things are changing and we need to be inclusive. And here's the thing. A lot of people, including notably the Girl Scouts of America, think that it has nothing to do with a shift in values or a commitment to inclusion, they really think this has everything to do with a marketing strategy to up their ranks and up their numbers. So when the Boy Scouts of America made this latest announcement that they were going to include girls, despite the fact that a lot of progressives and feminists just like me were cheering on this notion of expanded opportunities for girls who wanted to join the Boy Scouts, the Girl Scouts of America were not so pleased. In a letter obtained by BuzzFeed News... The Girl Scouts called the Boy Scouts, quote, covert campaign, end quote, to recruit girls both reckless and unsettling, and basically spilled this clearly antagonistic feud between the Girl Scouts and the Boy Scouts into the open.
3: So I had no idea that there was this intense bad blood between the Girl Scouts and the Boy Scouts. This is some East Coast, West Coast. like yeah. This is a real blood feud. Definitely. I had no idea that they were involved in this kind of bad blood. But I guess I almost would have assumed that they were working together. They were one organization, but not so at all.
2: Not at all. So while the Boy Scouts released the statement saying, the values of scouting, trustworthy, loyal, helpful, kind, brave, and reverent, are important for both young men and women, we strive to bring what our organization does best, developing character and leadership for young people, to as many families and youth as possible as we help shape the next generation of leaders. Right? That was their take on it. Very innocuous. Very noble. Noble. Very good sounding. Like, who wouldn't cheer that on? And the Girl Scouts said, here's the deal. You're all being had. Okay? Their president, Kathy Hoppenka-Hannon, wrote a letter to the Boy Scouts president, Randall Stevenson, saying... It is inherently dishonest to claim to be a single gender organization, the Boy Scouts, while simultaneously endeavoring upon a co-ed model. We were disappointed in the lack of transparency as we learned that you are surreptitiously testing the appeal of a girl's offering to millennial parents, basically saying you're encroaching on our turf. And we know that you're doing this dishonestly with false advertising just to
3: up your pathetic numbers. Ooh, One, whoo-hoo. what a statement. Yeah. They really, I mean, they really did not hold back. I, I don't know. When I read the Boy Scout statement, I, I said exactly what you said, right? Oh, this sounds great. This sounds progressive. This sounds noble. I'm behind it. I actually don't disagree with either statement, I guess, because it does sound like a, like a turf grab and it does seem like something they're doing Perhaps disingenuously to get more scouts and thus get more money.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I can also see both sides of the issue. I have to say, I am disappointed that the grown-ups in this case can't set a better example for the kids. There are a lot of children watching their leadership, watching their role models here. And as grown-ups, we're failing to get along. We're failing to be collaborative. And you know what? This is an anomaly when it comes to Scouts across the world. So to really understand where this bad blood comes from, it's not about this one decision. Bridget, we have to look deeper into where this animosity comes from, which I want to do after we take this quick break and then dive into the history of the Girl Scouts and the Boy Scouts here in the U.S. We'll be right back after this.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: So you'll want to enjoy your Good Girls experience in a spoiler-free zone. The
0: all-new, all-hilarious season of Good Girls, Sundays on NBC and stream anytime.
2: Okay, so we're back. Let's take a look back at how we got here, how the Boy Scouts versus Girl Scouts war that just broke out really stems from a long history of animosity.
3: So back in 1907, Robert Baden-Powell wrote the book Scouting for Boys, and it was an instant hit in the U.K., basically starting the Boy Scout movement as we know it.
2: Exactly. And
3: here's the funny part.
2: So instantaneously, he was an overnight successful author. He didn't really think he was starting this, you know, worldwide phenomenon or or community program, but a bunch of his fans, kids, were writing in saying, hey, I'm a little boy, I want to get involved, where do I, you know, how do I join or start my own troop for the scouts? And what he didn't see coming were all the little girls who were also inspired to get more into the outdoors. Some some of them would write in saying, hey, I'm a girl, can I be a a scout too? Or they would say, hey, I'm E. Aries, I'm just writing in like all the other boys because I love scouting. So they would kind of write in in this covert manner to be like a surreptitious girl sneaking into scouting.
3: What I also love is that you had boys really modeling what it means to be a, a feminist ally, you know, really early on. Some of these little boys would write in and advocate for their sisters or their little girlfriends to be involved in their scouting. They would say, hey, my name is Billy and I have this named Bridget who really wants to go camping with us. Is it cool if she comes along too? You really had all of these ways that young people were trying to finagle their way into getting equal representation in the Scouts.
2: Yeah, because I think what this belies is that the outdoors are of interest to everybody. And that's what the basis of Scouting was about. It was about outdoor adventure. And that first book, Scouting for Boys, was all about... Uh, sort of the manly art of being one with nature and figuring out how to, how to tame it and control it and have survival skills.
3: So to harness this demand from both boys and girls, Baden-Powell enlisted the help of his sister, Agnes Baden-Powell, to start their own organization in England called the Girl Guides, which started in 1909.
2: Right. So it was only two years later, but there were some marked differences. The Girl Guides focused on more appropriate, uh, crafts and focused on caring and basically grooming the next generation of homemakers as opposed to what the basis of Scouting for Boys was all about. So Girl Guides, Boy Scouts really came about at the turn of the century in the UK and from the very get-go divided their attention.
3: Well, here in the U.S. things are pretty segregated by gender In places like Europe and in Scandinavia, the Girl Scouts and the Boy Scouts have actually merged, which I think is kind of cool when I think about how the model of scouting could be. I think if both organizations just have this model where they want to help kids be their best selves, they really should be on the same team. They have the same goals. Why not merge the two?
2: Exactly, And that's what's happened over the course of the last hundred years or so. Since starting in the U.K. at the turn of the 20th century things have gotten a lot more gender neutral in most parts of the world when it comes to scouting. Here in the United States, though, the foundations of the Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts, which really just took a few years after things got started in the UK, were almost founded with this highly antagonistic tone. In the 1920s, the Boy Scouts of America sued the Girl Scouts of America for their use of the word scout, basically saying that it was an inherently male term that they were misrepresenting. They were not successful in that campaign, but they Yeah, was- because
3: that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> not like it's not what the word means. <laughs> I know.
2: But I mean, think about that time they were saying there are no such thing as girl scouts and you're stealing our identity and our brand and trying to feminize it and It just When I was reading that, you know who I thought of was Harper Lee's character, Scout Finch, in To Kill a
3: Mockingbird. Scouts being named Scout kind of takes on another kind of radical element
1: to that book that I hadn't even considered.
3: Same. So there was this debate raging in the United States as to
2: whether or not there could be such a thing as a Girl Scout, as opposed to the UK where there were girl guides. Mm. So I think from the get-go, the Boy Scouts of America felt threatened by the encroachment of the Girl Scouts of America. And since then... There's been a bit of a turf war throughout history. The Boy Scouts of America have always had a very different culture as an organization than the Girl Scouts, too.
3: And we started the top of the show talking about the ways that the Boy Scouts were really entrenched in this religious, sort of much more grounded explicitly in organized religion, very uh, dealing with things like homophobia and whether or not they let gay folks in. It does seem like the Boy Scouts early on had been steeped in this sort of conservative right-wing ideology in a way the Girl Scouts really never were. Exactly.
2: The Girl Scouts were always more urban in focus, were always less religious in focus in terms of where their troops met even, right? Those are sort of cultural markers that continued throughout the course of the Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts of America. The Girl Scouts of America have always more explicitly focused on issues relating to social justice, too.
3: Yeah, when I was involved in the Girl Scouts many, many, many years ago, our big, like, year-long project always involved some sort of urban renewal. So we would um volunteer at some sort of organization, or we would, you know, I remember, like, fixing up an old house for someone, like, things like that. It was always rooted in some sort of social justice aspect of that that and spreading peanut butter on pine cones for some reason that was something that we did to make bird feeders yeah that's right (laughs) that was like that was like i mean i don't think we ever did anything outdoorsy other than smear peanut butter on pine cones (laughs) for bird feeders
2: (laughs) i was a girl scout too i was a brownie and then a junior girl scout and i have to say my favorite parts of girl scout were camping We would go to Girl Scout camp. It wasn't very rugged, to be fair. But I always wanted there to be more fire and more pocket knives. And I totally get the appeal of Boy Scouts for girls. Because I would tag along with my older brother Alex to his scout troop meetings. And they seemed, quite frankly, like way more up my alley.
3: Yeah. Our scout meetings for the Girl Scouts, all we did was put peanut butter on pine cones (laughs) and talk crap about each other. Right. (laughs) And braid each other's hair. Yeah. There was
2: a lot of like friendship bracelets. And here's the thing. The cultural differences between the Boy Scouts of America and the Girl Scouts of America were sort of perpetuated by independent troop leaders. Your scouting experience varies dramatically to this day based on the interests and focus of your scout leader. So there's this interesting undertone of more conservative, more religious ideology that, you know, the Boy Scouts of America really embodied Even if you look at where they're headquartered, you can sort of see the difference. Boy Scouts are headquartered in Texas. Girl Scouts of America are headquartered in New York City, of all places. So there seems to be this attraction of more progressive, more urban-focused more social justice-focused Girl Scout troop leaders that perpetuates that culture.
3: Even when you look at what they determine Scouts' honor to be for both organizations, the Boy Scout Scouts' honor includes the phrase to serve God and my country, but the Girl Scouts are formally told that they can substitute whatever they want for God. So you can serve, you know... Whatever and my country.
2: I remember, you remember like the Girl Scouts hand position? I'm like, I wish y'all could see this, but that like pinky and thumb connected. On my honor, I will try to serve God in my country to help people at all times. And it goes on and on and on like that. And when you look at the Boy Scouts honor and the code that they live by, first of all, I was struck by how completely similar they were. And you're like, oh, Girl Scouts are really less religious. They have God in their honor code just as much as the boys do. But the Girl Scouts, like you said, give you that opportunity. Yeah, you can swap it out and
3: say, to serve country and Beyonce if yeah, you wanted. You <laughs> can say whatever Beyonce you in my Country <laughs>
2: And contrast that with the Boy Scouts of America, who still to this day have a written policy against atheists and agnostics being in their ranks. So as leaders or as scouts... Unclear. But this is according to Katie Tuttle's New York Times op-ed, who says, don't be fooled. Basically, do not be fooled into thinking this is a progressive organization. They may have become more progressive in a few marketing moves over the last few years, but at its core, this is still a pretty conservative, hardline, organized religion sort of creeping in on your youth.
3: And I can't help but recall a pretty big figure in right-wing conservative politics, Dropping by recently to give a big speech to the Boy Scouts, do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I I think not the most godly of all people.
2: Not godly, Uh, but but definitely on the right. Yeah, Trump alert, y'all. You may recall that in July, just to give you a sense of how divergent the Boy Scout versus Girl Scout cultures are, in July, the Boy Scouts of America hosted President Trump and said, This would be a good idea. Let's bring him in to give a speech to a room full of scouts and their parents. And after said speech, the chief scout, the sort of person who organized it, had to issue an apology to the Scouts and their parents because our absolutely brilliant, admirable Commander-in-Chief decided to regale the Scouts with tales of partying on yachts and then smearing his political opponents.
3: Furthermore, Trump went on to say, after this apology came out, oh, I talked to the Boy Scouts, they said I gave the greatest speech of all time, blah, blah, blah. And... Basically, lied that never that conversation does not seem to have taken place. So, here's my thing if the Boy Scouts want to look super progressive, super inclusive, why in the world would they think that inviting a president as divisive as Trump to talk to their kids would be a smart PR move?
2: Well, they're a leadership organization, right? Like, this was a grab, an attempted grab at having a prominent leader. Who doesn't act like a leader come speak to the scouts? I mean, I, I understand it's probably a tradition. I think a lot of presidents have addressed the Girl Scouts and the Boy Scouts, but it clearly was a mistake, right? They ended up issuing a formal apology. That's, I think that's noteworthy, but. The fact that they invited him in the first place belies the culture differences between the Girl Scouts and the Boy Scouts.
3: And to be fair, the Girl Scouts did have to apologize for their involvement in Trump's inauguration when they decided to perform. And I think it really just goes to show, I don't think any kind of, like, kids organization should be getting involved (laughs) with Trump unless they want hot water.
2: Right. Well, I mean, the reality is, first of all, inauguration days were... Give them a chance. Let's all come together days. Remember those days? We never were bought in on that, to be fair. But these are leadership organizations. The Scouts, girls and boys, are purportedly the nation's leading organizations to help cultivate the next generation of leaders and civic leaders at that. The whole idea behind the Scouts is to create good citizens and to create future leaders, which I think is an admirable... So, it doesn't surprise me that they return to the highest leader in the land despite this current historical anomaly, but and, and look for inspiration.
3: Well, this is the statement the Girl Scouts put out defending their choice to be involved in the inauguration. They say pretty much exactly that. At Girl Scouts, our movement is made up of individuals who hold political beliefs and convictions as varied as the nation itself. And because every girl has a home at the Girl Scouts, every girl in our movement is allowed her ideas, opinions, belief, and political ideology. Our fundamental value is empowering girls to be leaders in their own lives by helping them build courage, confidence and character to lift up their voices, champion their views and be advocates for the issues and ideas important to them. Girl Scouts supports girls as they become catalysts for change who strengthen their communities. And it does sound like it makes sense for an organization that is all about civically uplifting young people, particularly girls, that they would want to involve themselves with the president but it just seems like something that, with the Boy Scouts, it seems to illustrate that it's something that maybe comes with political consequences, perhaps.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I think it's interesting because that statement to me sounds like, hey, we're not as crazy progressive as you think we are. Oh, you know, appealing to right-wing parents. That's
3: interesting. And
2: meanwhile, the Boy Scouts are... Allowing girls and appealing to progressive parents, so but it, they're they're both trying to expand their turf.
3: Yeah, and it almost sounds like I gotta say, from like a marketing perspective, the Boy Scouts kind of doing a good job. I, I think. mean,
2: I think they beat the Girl Scouts to the punch on this one because the Girl Scouts are trying to basically say, "Girls, don't be fooled. The Boy Scouts are only allowing you in for marketing purposes." And so the question becomes, does it matter if it's just a marketing grab, if it if it actually expands opportunity for girls? Because here, the Girl Scouts of America spokesfolks said that they felt, quote, blindsided by the news. And they pointed out that plenty of research shows how much girls thrive in all female environments. And that's fair. There's a, a wealth of research that shows the value of all female environments, for, for girls especially. Katie Tuttle... A New York Times writer penned an op-ed that's called Girls Don't Join the Boy Scouts, very subtle, and described this move as, quote, a direct attack on the Girl Scouts. And so she and a lot of advocates on behalf of the Girl Scouts for America are saying this latest move for supposed inclusion is not a reflection of the Boy Scouts' progressive values, but rather a desperate move to stop the hemorrhaging membership numbers that they're looking at.
3: See, I don't even know where I fall. One, as someone who went to an all-girls school, I absolutely, 100% agree that there is power in spaces for folks who identify as women and that we need women-inclusive spaces. I think that's very, very important. But I think it's about the kids. Part of me thinks who gives a crap if this is a, you know, marketing scheme or just a ploy to get more money or whatever. If that leaves the Girl Scouts high and dry, I don't really care if it means more kids are getting access to things they want to do.
2: Exactly. That's sort of where I'm at, too, because to be fair, kids and parents alike have almost uniformly expressed excitement about this decision. And we're going to dive more into why that is after this quick break.
3: No need to fake an ankle sprain because you're absolutely exhausted. So switch and save with Geico. It's almost better than sports.
2: All right, so we're back and we're diving into the nuance behind the latest decision on behalf of the Boy Scouts of America to now accept, starting in 2018, girls into their Cub Scout program. Now, throughout all the research we've done. Almost nobody, no parent, no scout leader, and no little boy has gone on the record saying, we don't want girls in the Boy Scouts. And you can take that for what it is. Maybe it's nobody wants to state that opinion in our very politically correct conversation we're having as a nation. And maybe there's more covert and quiet and unconscious gender bias at play there, for sure. Or perhaps this isn't that big a deal to Boy Scouts. Perhaps allowing girls into the Boy Scouts isn't actually going to rock the boat.
3: Well, it actually doesn't sound like it's that big of a deal at all. In reality, girls have long been part of the Boy Scouts in varying ways. Keep in mind that a lot of these troops are independently formed and organized, so they can kind of do what they want. That includes involving girls. Girls were even formally admitted into the exploring program in 1971, but couldn't receive coveted Eagle Scout status.
2: Right, which... To be fair, I mean, I think the Eagle Scout badge is pretty universally regarded as honorable and quite an achievement. I am biased because Brad the Boo is an Eagle Scout.
3: That means he can survive a swim test with his clothes on, right? It? That's like the final <laughs> test, or like one of the big tests no that, a lot of, that a lot of people fail is that you have to swim with like your boots on. Oh
2: yeah, that's right. And it's like really hard. hard. Yeah, exactly. See, you know about the Eagle Scout <laughs> exam more than I do, and I think... You know, the Eagle Scout status is something that boys and young men put on their college application. Yeah,
3: I remember my uh cousin, it's signed by the president. So he has oh. like it's like uh, when you get your I don't know, diploma or certificate or whatever, it's signed by the current president and his was Bill Clinton. So it was like <laughs> oh, it's a big deal like, oh, I've got Bill Clinton's signature yeah. right here.
2: And the the Girl Scouts have an equivalent award. It's just not well regarded
3: outside of the Girl Scouts. I don't even know. I was a Girl Scout. I don't even know what the award is.
2: Yeah, it's called the Gold Award. And unfortunately, it gets blown off compared to the Eagle Scout Award. Even though the Gold Award, the highest possible award you can earn in the Girl Scouts, is just as impressive. Hallmark, the card maker, has an entire series of cards specifically created just for congratulating Eagle Scouts. None of that exists for the Gold Award. Guidance counselors at schools all know what the Eagle Scout means and and why that's so important to put on resumes and college applications, whereas only very few folks know what the Gold Award is, and you have to explain it to future employers and colleges, and it just it doesn't have the same... Reputation.
3: Thanks a lot, patriarchy. You see the same thing in college sports where men's championship means so much and blah blah blah, but an equally successful women's team, like no one really talks about it. Exactly. It's interesting how this stuff rears its head in so many ways from sports to Girl Scouts. Exactly. Now here's the thing. Since the
2: 70s, girls have been a part of the Boy Scouts exploring program. They've been allowed basically to do everything you need to do to become an Eagle Scout, except get the formal recognition. So this decision, when it was announced, was actually lauded by a bunch of women who did that program without the recognition.
3: Oh, I see. They're
2: saying girls should have access to the Eagle Scout Award. We all acknowledge that it's BS that the Gold Award isn't given its fair credit. But since everybody knows what the Eagle Scout Award is, girls should have equal access to getting it.
3: And you know, I started this podcast pretty agnostic, but that's fair. It's yeah. true. If you're going to do all the things that go into getting this really prestigious award, except be able to get the prestigious award, that's messed up. And yeah. you should be able to get it. Exactly. Regardless of gender.
2: Exactly. So here's here's where this all shakes out, really. The Boy Scouts, for all of their statements, from the leadership to the troop leaders on the ground level to the boys who are being interviewed about this, they don't seem that worried about integrating girls at all. And maybe they're just being really good feminists, I don't know, or maybe it's a marketing strategy, but either way, they don't seem concerned. The Girl Scouts' leadership, on the other hand, seems very concerned and extremely threatened. Understandably, but still... It sort of made me uncomfortable as a feminist to hear the Girl Scouts of America uniformly slamming this move that the Boy Scouts made. Now, here's the thing. To really get to the bottom of this, I think the New York Times podcast called The Daily did the best possible journalism they could do on this, which is they ran a special episode of their podcast just for kids, really targeting a kid's audience that primarily... Drew from interviews with twin 10-year-old girls, Elsa and Cleo, who lived just outside of Boston, were Girl Scouts together for a long time, and one of them has now decided to join the Boy Scouts, and the other one has decided to stay with the Girl Scouts. So here's what Alistair Mook, the twin's dad, had to say when describing... Just how different these twins are, granted they're fraternal twins, which I think is maybe an important detail, but not only in how their interests differ, how their nature differs from one kid to the next. One is really extroverted and hyper and wants to be in the middle of the action. One's a little more introverted and more reflective and likes to listen to music a lot. But specifically, as the girls have come into their own identity in terms of how they choose to present, here's what Alistair had to say.
1: When they were babies, we always thought they looked very different
3: from the time they came out. They're fraternal twins, not identical. Mm. They also present very differently in how they've chosen, as they've gotten older, to look. Now that my hair is shorter, we don't look a lot alike. When Elsa cut her hair to the length that she wanted it, it, it changed a lot of things for her. That, combined with her
1: preference of clothing, that mostly comes off the boys' racks, means that most kids and adults assume she's a boy.
3: I like wearing like sweatpants and t-shirts. My favorite color is blue and green, so I wear that kind of color stuff. First first of all, I love that this family just lets their kids be their kids. And if their daughter wants to wear boys' clothes and cut her hair short and likes blue and green, that's okay. She's more aligned with what the Boy Scouts has to offer than what the Girl Scouts has to offer. She should pursue that. Kudos to this family for letting their kids express themselves and have that be okay. We should all get that space.
2: Exactly. And so after these two, Elsa and Cleo, were in the Girl Scouts for years... Elsa, the one who is a self-reported tomboy in this case, she, on her own accord, realized Girl Scouts were not quite working for her. Cleo, on the other hand, loves being around all girls, saying that, you know, it's nice to just get away from the boys for a little while, who can be kind of distracting. And she likes the sort of pace of how her scout troop leader sets the tone and what that all-girl environment is like for her, whereas... Elsa wanted to go hiking and climbing and and get a pocket knife and wanted to do more rugged, rough-and-tumble outdoorsy things. So even before this decision came down, Alistair, their dad, helped Elsa get into the local Boy Scouts. And the scout troop leader there said, sure, come on by, no problem, even before they were given that sort of formal permission from the Boy Scout leadership. So this family was excited about this decision.
3: And I think it's important to note that once involved with the Boy Scouts, she flourished. It wasn't as if the boys thought, ew, there's a girl in our ranks, blah, 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 and gave her a hard time. In fact, they ended up voting her the leader of their group.
2: You have to hear from these adorable boys in her Boy Scout troop.
3: Hello, this is Dylan. If anyone is just secretly telling her, like, why are you a Boy Scout? Just why? Why would you do that? Because, you know what? Elsa can do lots of things, and it takes lots of bravery to step up and be a leader. Because lots of people do want to be a leader, but it takes true bravery to be a real leader.
2: Doesn't that just restore your faith in humanity?
3: Okay, first of all, Dylan might be the only male that I trust in the world right now. (laughs) Dylan, you just won my Ally of the Year award. Congratulations, you are a great feminist male ally (laughs) and i applaud you
2: (laughs) like this little boy has like restored my faith in humanity i I,
3: like i i'm joking but like i needed to hear that sometimes we get i get so stuck in my head of like trump and horrible men and weinsteins it's important to remember that the younger generation they might be okay they might be leading the way in ways that we maybe want to but can't and when you listen to these little kids advocating for Elsa doing whatever she wants to do, Elsa being able to do anything she wants, Elsa being a great leader. They're lucky to have the contributions of a leader like Elsa. And don't be mean to Elsa. If you're out there being secretly mean to her, don't do it. It's a good reminder that young people are really paving the way. And it makes me wonder, why can't the Girl Scouts leadership listen to Elsa and Dylan?
2: Well, that's the thing, is that to me, this is a moment where the Boy Scouts are saying... Whether they're saying it or not, which I kind of wish they were more explicit about it, we have the opportunity to change the narrative around masculinity. And here's what our plan is for that. You know, like, this is... Dylan is explaining that toxic masculinity isn't born. It's bread. You know what I'm saying?
3: Dylan is more woke than a lot of dudes I know (laughs) who are, like, twice his age. (laughs)
2: Yeah, exactly. And the Girl Scouts of America, in my opinion, have an opportunity to do the same. And right now, tearing down the Boy Scouts doesn't make them look that good. Doesn't really, you know, even if it's true, even if this is a marketing ploy, if this is what's happening on the local level, I'm all about it.
3: And I think this really is reflective of what I think the model should be. The Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts can be on the same team. If the team is getting kids interested in things and getting them civically engaged and making them into strong leaders, it doesn't matter if they would rather be going on hikes with a pocket knife or you know, playing piano and drawing and putting peanut butter on pine cones, whatever it is that the kid wants to do, we should be fostering that. And it shouldn't be this weird division that's about turf and about money and about marketing and all of that. It's really about the kids. And I I hate to see that it seems like that has gotten a little bit lost, particularly in the statements coming out of the Girl Scouts.
2: Exactly. And so when talking to Elsa and Cleo, the journalist over at the New York Times, The Daily, asked, you know, would you rather see more of the Girl Scouts' activities become a little more outdoors-focused? Or would you rather have the doors open at the Boy Scouts for girls to join, right? Because we know that they do different activities, not necessarily by force, but by culture, right? The cultures of these organizations encourage a different kind of activity set. And their father, Alistair, really answered this question pretty clearly.
3: For Elsa, she wanted to be in the boy scouts and she has her own reasons for that it really comes down to what feels empowering to them
2: so where does that leave us i mean girls have this unprecedented choice now which i think is an empowering one whereas the girl scouts of america might say it's a sinister one on the local level when it comes to girls like cleo and elsa they are now in a position of really being able to choose which organization
3: speaks to them. I worry this is going to come off sounding a little bit heartless, but ultimately I care a lot more about Elsa and Cleo and boys like Dylan than I do about the national leadership of scouting organizations. What I really care about is that Elsa feels like she's in a community that understands her and where she is learning to be her best self and that Dylan and Cleo also have those same opportunities. And if having the Boy Scouts being open to girls is going to do that, then that's what I want to do. I understand this argument that the Boy Scouts are being disingenuous and yada, 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 but at the end of the day, what I really care about is the kids. And it sounds like this has been good for the kids.
2: I think so, too. But it also makes me question, like, what should scouting look like in a post-gender world? I mean, we can look internationally to branches that have merged years ago and see how they're doing it. We can run with the focus on social justice from the Girl Scouts, which I think is a great thing to take with us across the scouting universe. We can run with the focus on outdoorsmanship or outdoors personship. <laughs> and really that focus on self-reliance that the Boy Scouts seem to have championed so well. I'd love to see them come together. And it feels to me like a better butter battle, Dr. Seuss style. You know what I mean? Like yes. do you
3: put your butter on the top or the bottom? Yes. Got it.
2: That whole Dr. Seuss war analogy that was so brilliant because nobody really cares how you butter your bread, but that's the kind of sh- that adults fight about. And this feels like one of those situations. It feels like we're missing the point. The point is that kids need to be cultivated into leaders and given choice to express themselves however they want. And the separation, though it is historic and though it is grounded in different 501c3 filings... Eye roll. Like, it makes you just want to roll your eyes and think grown-ups are ruining everything, get it together, Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts of America, and do what is the right thing for our young people, which is bring them together in a post-gender way. Why can't we do that?
3: Yeah, if Woke Dylan can do it, you can do it.
2: Exactly. And speaking of Woke Dylan, there are little boys out there who want to be Girl Scouts. And... I almost wish we could pick and choose our favorite parts of Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts and bring them together in one Scout. Like, just listen to how the Boy Scouts in Elsa's troupe talk about Girl Scout cookies.
0: Partly, I don't really think it's fair for boys because they can't be a Girl Scout. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons because I want to sell cookies. You
3: want to sell cookies.
0: The cookie factor, yes.
3: Agreed. <laughs>
2: The cookie factor is
0: real. I
3: agree. Cookies are dope. I agree with these kids. They really they really know what they're talking about. (laughs) They
0: know the best parts (laughs) of both brands. Yeah,
3: And they know what resonates with them. Like The point is, I think we should trust kids to know what speaks to them. And if Dylan is moved by the prospect of cookies or, quote, the cookie factor, as he puts it, that's cool.
2: Exactly. No offense, but selling popcorn just doesn't make the cut like the same way that Girl Scout cookies do. So let's bring Eagle Scout badges together with Thin Mints. Let's bring the Pinewood Derby together with caring and supporting and loving one another and uplifting urban renewal projects and fighting for social justice. Like there is the potential for a much stronger brand. If Girl Scouts of America and Boy Scouts of America can come together and be bigger on this one. And I, I honestly, I know we're going to get some grief from hardcore Girl Scouts advocates out there. Bridget and I are both Girl Scout, what, it like... Dropouts? Yeah. <laughs> Delinquents? <laughs> yeah, we're Girl Scout dropouts, to be clear. Um, but as an outdoors woman myself, as someone who really loves hiking and climbing and mountain biking and skiing and camping, and the moment we find ourselves in with, like, REI and brands like Athleta really embracing the fierce... Feminine component of embracing the outdoors. I think this is an opportunity for scouting in the United States to really enter a new era, but it's going to take grown-ups getting along.
3: Yeah, it's tough for me as a vocal advocate of women-identified spaces. I, you know, I'm, I've mentioned a zillion times as a teacher, I've seen the way that sometimes little girls do just want to do their own thing and. Little boys can be a little bit distracting to them. And I think a lot like Cleo seems to agree with that sometimes those spaces are important. So I'm not going to I don't want to say that the Girl Scouts are awful, but I just think that we should be advocating for leadership and organizations that make kids more accountable for what they want to be doing and how they want to grow up and how they see themselves and how they feel comfortable.
2: Yeah, that is the one really hairy part of this that makes it nuanced and complicated and. Not so easy to see a post-gender scout world because girl spaces, all girl spaces are valuable in a different way than mixed gender spaces are. So it's just, I don't know. I mean, I I think, I guess the next move is up to the Girl Scouts of America. I am curious to see what their next move is going to be. The Boy Scouts have opened the doors to girls. Will the Girl Scouts open the doors to boys? Or like, really my business is pretty adamantly focused on saying, until women and girls are running the world, we're going to focus on girls. You know what I mean? And, and making that focused choice is not a bad one. So, I don't know, it's complicated. I'm, I leave this conversation more ambivalent than I started it. And I, I feel like we waffled on this one a little bit but because the waffle is real, because it's tricky. I can see both sides of the issue and I'm wondering what
3: our, listeners have to say yeah to be clear I definitely don't have a answer I think it's a complicated nuanced issue and we're really interested to hear especially from former Scouts from folks who have their own kids involved in scouting what do you think where do you fall on this issue we want to hear from you you can find us on Instagram at stuff mom never told you on Twitter at mom stuff podcast and as always we love getting your emails at mom stuff at HowStuffWorks.com.